Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Sunday, March 10th, 2019. It is our nine-year anniversary of broadcasting the African History Network show. Welcome to the nine-year anniversary show of the African History Network show. Hey, we are live tonight. We have a fantastic show planned for you. Um, and we also have a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. We're going to be joined by uh, Charles Farrell, Vice President of Programming for the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Okay, So you don't want to miss that discussion as well. He's going to let us know about the progressive programming uh, that's going on at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History right here in Detroit. All right, so look, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, it's been a busy week. I've been doing a lot. And uh, you've seen, uh, a lot of people have seen the uh, Facebook Live broadcast I did uh, dealing with uh, R. Kelly as well. Uh, so we're going to talk some about uh, what has transpired uh, this week dealing with one Robert Sylvester Kelly. We know he was uh, released from jail uh, yesterday uh, afternoon. Uh, someone posted the uh, $160,000 in uh, back child support for him. But also, uh, I've been looking at a number of different articles. If you follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, you know I've been posting a lot of articles dealing with this, okay? So this past week we saw the fantastic uh, train wreck of an interview that uh, Gail King on CBS uh, did with R. Kelly. Now, she, she was fantastic, okay? This was a real uh, class for aspiring journalists, okay? But R. Kelly broke his silence on sexual abuse claims. He said, quote, I have been assassinated, end quote. Uh, his, his accusers uh, say he's lying and playing the victim role also. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some um, segments that a lot of people are not talking about. I have one segment where a body language expert breaks down R. Kelly's body language to show what he's really saying, okay? And then also we know the uh, families of Azriel Clary and Jocelyn uh, Savage have spoken out also and say R. Kelly is lying when he said that they sold their daughters to him. I mean, this is, you know, we, we've covered this here on the African History Network show, okay? And go back and listen to the broadcast I did February 24th. Because in that broadcast, I told you that R. Kelly needs a new attorney. His, his current attorney is Stephen Greenberg. And I told you Stephen Greenberg uh, is going to get R. Kelly convicted. Now, he needs to be convicted anyway based upon the evidence. Okay? He needs to be convicted anyway. But Stephen Greenberg is not helping. All right? And then also, we'll talk about Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett was indicted on 16 felony counts this past week in Chicago. It's getting worse uh, for Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett took my advice because February 24th, the February 24th broadcast, I told you Jesse Smollett needs a new attorney also. He has a new attorney, Mark Garagos. Maybe somebody got the information to him. Maybe somebody got the broadcast to him that I did. I told you he needed a new attorney because his previous, his, his, because um, back February 24th in that show, I talked about how his attorney said that Jesse Smollett um, uh, enjoyed the presumption, enjoyed the presumption of, of innocence, but he didn't say Jesse Smollett is innocent. Those are two entirely different things. See, if, you, if your client is totally innocent of all the charges, you're going to say, my client is totally innocent of all the charges. My client did not do this. That's not what, that's not what his attorney said, okay? <laughs> so we're, we're going to deal with that. Then also, now I did a Facebook Live broadcast a couple days ago. 
It's been viewed over 7,000 times on, on our YouTube channel alone. It's been viewed almost 7,000 times on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, and it's been viewed over 7,000 times on our YouTube channel. So there was a story that came out a couple days ago dealing with R. Kelly's previous attorney from the 2008 child pornography case. And this attorney was interviewed by the Chicago Sun-Times. This attorney said R. Kelly was guilty as hell. Okay? And he also said that he had to send R. Kelly to get um, uh, anti-libido shots. Alright? So we're going to talk about that as well. See, so, because I've looked, looked at a number of different articles dealing with R. Kelly. I, you know, I follow all these stories, monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis. You know that. You listen to the African History Network show. You've been listening to me when I started out on the Harambe Radio Network, March 10th, 2009. Then I went to the Blog Talk Radio Network. You've listened to me when I did National Radio on the Empowerment Radio Network, the Michael M. Hotep show, National Syndicated Radio. You've listened to me when I was guest hosting numerous times for Roland Martin on the Roland Martin Radio show. Show. Listen to me when I guest hosted for three months on Warren Ballantyne's show when he was on that Palmet Radio Network. And I've been here on 9, 10 a.m. the Superstation for two years also. So I'm nine years in the game, okay? And we have over 900 audio podcasts of our shows also. Go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have over 900 audio podcasts of our shows. You can listen there. Uh, click on Listen to Podcasts. We're on eight different podcast platforms. We're on uh, uh, ACAST. Uh, iTunes, CastBox, TuneIn, FM Player, also. So wherever you get your podcast from. We're also on Stitcher as well. We got back on Stitcher, I think, about two or three months ago. So wherever you get your podcast from, search for the African History Network show. Okay, so you have uh, uh, R. Kelly's uh, former attorney who is now who's suffering from um, uh, uh, a, a, um, a bile duct cancer, I think it is. He's suffering from cancer. He's terminally ill. And he's telling the truth, okay? He's saying R. Kelly was guilty as hell. All right, so we have that. Then also this past week, Donald Trump's former campaign chairman, uh, Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort was sentenced to 47 months in prison. Now, a lot of people are speaking out and saying that he should have gotten more time. The prosecutors wanted 19 to 24 uh, years based upon the sentencing guidelines. The judge was one who was really against the uh, Mueller investigation uh, from the start. So a lot of people are saying, wait a second. You have a lot of people are saying, wait a second. Kwame Kilpatrick got 27 years in prison. And Paul Manafort, what he did was much worse than Kwame. He's only getting 47 months at minus nine months for time served. And it's estimated that he can get out in about two years, two months with good behavior. Then you have people who are saying, well, wait a second, Crystal Mason got five years in prison for accident, for, for voting when she thought she could vote, but because she was an ex-offender, she couldn't vote. She thought she could vote. She got five years in prison for that. So this past week, many people were highlighting the inequities in the criminal justice system because of this case. Now, uh, coming up this Wednesday, he's going to be sentenced in the Washington, D.C. court for another case, and people are hoping he'll get the full 10 years there. We'll see what happens. But we'll talk some about that as well, okay? Uh, and then, you know, the past couple of weeks, I didn't get a chance to get to the uh, 2019 theme of Black History Month, which is black migrations, black migrations, okay? So we're going to talk some about that 
as well, black migrations, because this is a theme for the entire year. This is not just a theme for the month of February, okay? And um, the black migrations deals with the migrations of African people um, for, for the last four or five hundred years, not just the transatlantic slave trade, but also dealing with the Great Migration, where you have uh, over six million African Americans migrating from the South up north and out west. So we'll talk some about that also. Uh, and then, you know, dealing with uh, this date in African American history, March 8th, 1971, Muhammad Ali battled Joe Frazier. And uh, this was uh, Ali's first big fight after he was banned from boxing for three and a half years. We're going to talk some about that because Ali lost that fight. But I have a clip of Ali talking about, after that fight, talking about what would happen if he met Joe Frazier again in the ring. You don't want to miss that. We'll share that in the second hour. Now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you haven't taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the show. We deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter. And also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Now, also, you can donate to the African History Network, okay, because we definitely need your support. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. That helps us keep doing the research, uh, stay on the air, helps finance the show. Uh, it, help, it helps us to pay for the paper. It helps us pay for the ink cartridges because I ran out of ink trying to print the information up for tonight's show. Okay? So, <laughs> paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. You can also set up for a recurring donation if you like or visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Click on the yellow donate button there uh, right on the home page. And also, my DVD lectures are there as well. Um, you, you can order those also. All right, so we're coming up here on the break. Uh, in, in, in a few seconds. When we come back from the break, okay, uh, a couple minutes. When we come back from the break, we're going to jump, uh, I'm going to go to this clip dealing with R. Kelly that you don't want to miss. All right, so, uh, and everybody shared it. We're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. Join us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network. Invite your friends to tune in also, okay? All right, so Washington Post had a good article. I've been assassinated. A cursing, screaming, crying R. Kelly refuses to back down an explosive TV interview. So many of us saw the debacle. We saw it on YouTube. Some people watched it live on CBS this morning. Then this past Friday, they showed they aired the one-hour uh, special dealing with R. Kelly, which was a really good special because they gave a lot of background information. They had other interviews views uh, involved as well. Some people are saying this is a hit job on R. Kelly. It's not a hit job. It's called journalism. They're reporting. You have other people who say, oh, CBS is racist for putting this on. That ain't racism. They're, they're, they're presenting the facts as best as we know it right now, and they're giving R. Kelly an opportunity to respond. Now, it's not his fault. It's not their fault that he broke down and went crazy. 
That's his attorney's fault, because his attorney obviously, apparently, did not properly prep R. Kelly for that interview, number one. Number two, he should not have done that interview without his attorney being right next to him present. You don't, you don't do that, okay? Like I said, R. Kelly needs a new attorney, okay? Steven Greenberg is his attorney. This is the same Steven Greenberg who, in an interview with Lindsey Davis for ABC Nightline, said that R. Kelly told him that Aaliyah lied to R. Kelly about her age and said she was 18 when she was really 15. This is what Steven Greenberg said. You don't know how to use Google? Everybody knew Aaliyah was 15 years old when she got married, especially people in Detroit because she's from Detroit. You don't know how to use Google? Also, during that interview, he said that neither he nor R. Kelly had watched Surviving R. Kelly. You out here defending him and you ain't watched the documentary? Come on, man. Coming up on we're, we're at, at the break. Stay tuned. We'll be back in two and a half minutes. You listen to the African History Network show, 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, The Future Radio. Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 2019 is here, and there's no better time to start working on your financial goals. My name is Martisha Patterson, and I am a certified financial planner with over 19 years in the wealth management industry. I am helping people just like you focus on and achieve their goals. If you need help with budgeting, saving for emergencies or retirement, if you want to start investing but don't know where to start, I am here to help. No need to feel alone or frustrated. No one's situation is the same, which is why you need a certified financial planner to develop a unique plan tailored to your specific needs. Contact me today. My phone number is 646-552-4384. Again, 646-552-4384. Or email me at pattersonplan17 at gmail.com. My website is pattersonplan17.com. No more excuses. Now is the time. My name is Martisha Patterson, and I am here to help. Do you have a child with ADHD? autism, or another special need? Would you like to treat your child holistically and avoid pharmaceuticals and stimulants if possible? If so, you need to head over to OurKidsCanThrive.com, OurKidsCanThrive.com, and take the Holistic Special Kids course. Shava, a mother to four boys, ages 12 to 5, and a daughter who is almost 3 years old, has dealt with hyperactivity, anxiety, depression, severe anger, sensory processing disorders, chronic fatigue, and more. And now her children are all thriving. Chava is a holistic ADHD coach and has helped many children privately and now. She shared all of the tips, tricks, herbs, foods, and supplements she has used to treat her own children and many others. Head over to OurKidsCanThrive.com and sign up for the course now. This is business, but to my credit life, it's personal. They care about your credit as much as you do. They want you to get the credit you deserve in the shortest amount of time. Not only will they dispute the negative items from your reports, they'll also work with you to build positive credit for future endeavors. They keep it simple in their approach to getting you back on track with their three-step process, review, dispute, and update. They dispute all inconsistent items on your credit report such as medical bills, evictions, tax liens, judgments, student loans, collections, charge-offs, 
late payments, bankruptcy, and more. Don't let your dreams just be dreams. Get started today. Call My Credit Life at 331-201-9881, 331-201-9881, and ask for Robin, and also visit their website, mycreditlife.com, L-Y-F-E, mycreditlife.com, and visit them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mycreditcoach. Looking for technology for your home or business? No problem. From laptops to Chromebooks, Surface tablets, antivirus security software to business phone systems, JCW Computer Consulting LLC has got you covered. Be sure to use the African History Network custom link for discount and special promotions. JCWCC is a certified minority business enterprise and part of the I Buy Black Network. Visit shop.jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. The Kwame Skate Company strives to responsibly make meaningful product for the black community that not only exemplifies our lifestyle, but enhances the ability to live it. To provide value to our customers and deliver top quality customer service while still having fun and maintaining our values. Our brand platform offers compelling product assortments, meaningful brand experiences, and convenient multi-channel accessibility that reflects our respect and knowledge of both indigenous people and skateboard lifestyle. Our community is committed to growth and development, to understanding and showing the world that Kwame and the indigenous community can do so much more. Visit their website today, KwameSCO.com, KwameSCO. Ready to start getting healthy? Well, I'm here to let you know that all natural honey is a great way to start. At Crazy Boy Honey, we offer all natural honey for the lowest prices. Our honey has no additives or preservatives. Go to crazyboyhoney.com. That's crazyboyhoney.com and see what we have to offer. And remember, shipping is free. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is uh, Sunday, March 10th, 2019. It's our uh, nine-year anniversary of the African History Network show. Hope everybody's doing well. Share this broadcast on your Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in also. We're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, okay? And you get uh, you got the clip I sent you, Mike? Yes, sir. Okay. It's in there. So we're going to go to this clip here in just a minute. All right. So um, if we look at the article from Washington Post, um, I've been assassinated. A cursing, screaming, crying R. Kelly refuses to back down an explosive TV interview, as I, I was saying right before the break. R. Kelly needs a new attorney. We also saw the breaking news story today. We also saw saw that a, uh, uh, a, a, a third videotape has surfaced. Okay. Now in the second hour, I'm going to share an I'm going to share a press conference that Michael Avenatti did, who's the attorney for the family of Azalea uh, 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 Clary, okay, Azrael uh, Clary. I'm going to share that press conference on February 25th. Go to go to the article from AtlantaBlackStar.com. That's from CNN. Go to the one from AtlantaBlackStar.com. That should be clip one. Okay, so um, so during so uh, many people saw uh, what. 
many people saw what aired on uh, CBS this morning, and many people saw the one-hour special that aired Friday night. Okay, so um, we saw R. Kelly lose control, and as I was saying before the break, his his attorney apparently did not prep him properly. Uh, an attorney is going to take you through mock questions. They're going to uh, teach you how to control your emotions so you don't explode. And also an attorney should be sitting there next to him during an interview like this. So last month in February 2019, R. Kelly pled guilty, uh, pled not guilty, to 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse. The crimes took place between 1998 and 2010 and involved four victims three of whom were under 17 according to charging documents. Now CBS This Morning aired several portions CBS This Morning aired several portions of uh, R. Kelly's 80-minute sit-down with Gail King and she noted that R. Kelly quote didn't rant for the whole hour and a half but he got very emotional several times alright and also during the interview they uh, had the uh, they, they interviewed the two uh, women that R. Kelly's living with, okay? We, we have the uh, CBS clip ready? This one right here? From yeah. AtlantaBlackStar.com? Yeah. Okay, let's go to that clip. And then turn up in here so they can have Facebook. And turn my mic off. For failing to pay child support, though his manager says he expects Kelly's release later today. Yeah, back it up. Kelly has pleaded yeah. not guilty in Chicago. Alleged victims of R. Kelly are speaking out for the first time since the CBS This Morning interview where the singer defended himself against charges of abusing underage girls. Well, he's still in jail this morning for failing to pay child support, though his manager says he expects Kelly's release later today. Kelly has pleaded not guilty in Chicago to 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse. Police in Detroit say they want to speak with a woman who claims that Kelly abused her when she was 13. During this week's interview, he denied all such allegations against him. Have you ever had sex no. with anyone under the age of 17? No. Never? No. Tarika Duncan spoke with two of his accusers and the mother of a third. She is in Chicago with their thoughts on the R. Kelly interview. Tarika, good morning. Good morning. All three women said that moment when R. Kelly stood up, it brought back horrifying memories. Last night I spoke to Michelle Kramer, who says she believes her daughter was abused by R. Kelly for nearly a decade. You saw the interview that R. Kelly did with Gail King. I saw some of the little clips. You can't watch the whole thing? Um, no. can't watch full stories? No, I can watch full stories. I just can't do circus acts. Michelle Kramer says her daughter, 27-year-old Dominique Gardner, almost threw the remote at the TV as they watched parts of the interview. Y'all telling me with this Everything he said when he jumped up, she's like she remembered the rage. When she wouldn't do what he asked her to do or tell her to do or he get upset about something. You walked too slow, you, you did whatever, and it was a punishment. In the docu-series Surviving R. Kelly, Kramer tracked down her daughter to the hotel where she was staying with R. Kelly. Cameras followed their hasty getaway. We ran out of there like the master was coming for us. That moment came up during Gail King's interview with him. This is just the beginning. But you can say what Dominique's mother said or whoever mother said. she had said. to rescue her daughter. Huh? She, rescue? Oh, yeah, She really? said she had to rescue her daughter. Okay. Yes. Be careful, Gail. And that Dominique was held Gail, against her will. Be careful. No, I'm just telling you that these are the no, allegations. You're not just telling me this. You're saying this, Gail. You're breaking my heart. You're saying it's like you believe it. <laughs> he said Kramer you're breaking says my heart. there's a good reason to believe it. 
Because it's true. While Kelly has denied ever abusing women, Kramer says her daughter told her several times she was beaten and starved for days. When my daughter came home, she was 98 pounds. When she left to be with him, she was 125. I can't understand. Somebody said they love you. And in the same breath, spinning your mother face. That's what you say R. Kelly did to your daughter? Yes. Other women who have accused R. Kelly of abuse. People betray me and I keep forgiving them. Had a wide range of reactions to the interview. When he started screaming, it, it terrified me. Asante McGee says Kelly subjected her to mental and sexual abuse while she lived with him for three weeks. She told us she turned off her television. There was nothing that I felt sorry about him for because I know the type of monster he is and I know he would cry at the drop of a dime. He's a great performer. Of course, I expected him to call us liars. Another former girlfriend of Kelly's, Kitty Jones, saw things a little differently. She said she felt sad watching the man she claims beat her. I cried. Um, because I still saw the person that I fell in love with. Um, and I couldn't help but wonder, like, why didn't someone step in and help him earlier, you know? Michelle Kramer says she still cannot handle hearing all of what she believes happened to her daughter and fear, quote, that she might end up where R. Kelly is in jail. Michelle Kramer tells us that Dominique has now been home for nine months and is currently seeing a therapist. Gail? Yeah, I suspect everybody's going to need to see a therapist by the time this is all over, however it turns out. Thank you, Jerika. Okay, so that was from uh, CBS This Morning, courtesy of CBS This Morning. And uh, we'll give you the actual name of that clip. That's on their YouTube channel. So this is something that uh, a lot of people have not seen, okay? And you had some of the uh, women who were in Surviving R. Kelly giving their uh, comments about the interview that Gail King did with R. Kelly also. Okay, so, so much has happened dealing with this week, right? So, uh, if we go back to the article from uh, the Washington Post, I have been assassinated, the cursing, screaming, crying R. Kelly refuses to back down an explosive TV interview, right? So, um, also in this interview was interesting. Um, R. Kelly said that the parents pushed the young women, referring to uh, Azriel Cleary and Jocelyn uh, Savage. Um, R. Kelly said the parents pushed the young women on him and accused the parents of turning on him because of money. He said, what kind of father, what kind of mother will sell, sell their daughter to a man? Quote, unquote. This is what he said. All right. Now, in response to the interview, the parents of one of Kelly's living girlfriends, Azriel Clary, 21, who he met when she was 17, her parents released a statement through their attorney, Michael Avenatti, and he said, quote, we have never received a penny from R. Kelly. We never asked R. Kelly for money and we never sold our daughter to him or anyone else, end quote. Now, also in the interview that Gail King did with the two women, if you go to cbsnews.com, uh, they have uh, some clips of the interview. They have the full 47-minute uh, special that aired Friday night. Then if you go to CBS, uh, CBS YouTube channel, they have some additional coverage there as well that people really need to see. The... The girls said that their parents sold them to R. Kelly also. So if you understand 
the process of brainwashing. And this is also how pimps work also, right? You have the same narrative being told. Now, if you go and watch the Facebook, if you go and watch the Facebook live broadcast I did, because it's been viewed collectively 13,000 times in the past couple of days. Um, if there was a transfer of money, there's going to be some type of record of that. There's going to be a withdrawal from the bank. We know that R. Kelly said he went to the bank, he went to Bank of America the first time by himself uh, uh, just a, a few weeks ago, okay? And he said he only had $350,000 left in the bank. And he said he owned, he, 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 some of that was his responsibility because Gail King said, wait a second, this is the first time you went to the bank by yourself? Okay, but there's going to be a money transfer. Most likely you'll be able to see a deposit of the money also. So uh, when, you, when you watch the interview, um, Asriel Clary said that the, uh, her, her parents were trying to basically blackmail R. Kelly and demanding money from them, $20,000 at one point and 10000 after that, something like that, right? How was that demand made? Was it text message? Was it email? There's going to be corroborating evidence. But if there was a withdrawal of money, most likely you'll be able to track that, okay? So where is that evidence? Now, when, when you have the 52-year-old man, the 21-year-old girlfriend and the 23-year-old girlfriend saying, their parents sold them to R. Kelly, that sounds outlandish. That sounds outlandish, right? But if you understand the process of brainwashing and you understand how one manipulates the others and gets them to repeat a narrative, okay, or repeat a false narrative, then AtlantaBlackStar.com, and we're going to bring um, Charles Farrell in here in just a minute here, uh, to give us some information about the uh, fantastic programming at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. But, uh, and we'll pick this up on the other side of the break, we'll pick this up uh, in, uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, the top of the hour, we'll pick this story back up. Um, AtlantaBlackStar.com has an article, and R. Kelly accuser said he would have women rehearse before talking to their parents. Now this article came out March 9th, 2019, just yesterday. And most people aren't talking about this, okay? And in and, and the segment from CBS This Morning, that video is in this article. You've got to read this from AtlantaBlackStar.com, okay? And they talk about how um, he would basically have them rehearse a script before talking to their parents. Now, the uh, Jocelyn Savage reached out because of the interview on CBS This Morning. She reached out to her parents. She talked to them just for a couple of minutes, uh, and the attorney was with them. And she was saying, she's all right, she's all right, things like this, right? When her, her, when her younger sister came on, you heard complete silence. And then basically said she has to go. So, once again, the parents are saying that she's being brainwashed, she's being held against her will. And also, uh, one of the girls said, you know, I've told you all a million times, you know, I'm fine. But if you look at this... When you, when you study this, there's a systematic cutting off from the family. There's a changing of the phone numbers. And when you study cults, when you study brainwashing, this is what you, this is what you find. You find that, systemat that people are systematically cut off from their families. Okay? So uh, check out this article. We'll deal with this on the other side of the break uh, as well. But an R. Kelly accuser said he would have women rehearse before talking to their parents. AtlantaBlackStar.com. All right, now, 
the parents of the other girlfriend, Jocelyn Savage, 23 years old, uh, held a press conference on Wednesday. In the second hour, we'll share an excerpt of that press conference with you, with you also. Now, the sit-down with uh, uh, Gail King represents R. Kelly's most wide-ranging interview since a 2017 BuzzFeed story uh, revived attention to R. Kelly's behavior. In the story from journalist Jim Derogatis, there it is, uh, who has chronicled R. Kelly's alleged behavior uh, for years. Uh, former girlfriends and others described R. Kelly as an R&B superstar who controls the movements and lives of a group of live-in sexual partners. The parents of one of those girlfriends described the situation as a quote-unquote cult. Now, in 2015, R. Kelly became increasingly erratic and walked out during a Huffington Post live interview when he was asked whether past allegations would impact his album sales. Okay? Impact his album sales. Now, in 2008, uh, in an interview with BET, okay, with uh, Teray, um, the journalist Teray on BET, R. Kelly was asked, quote, do you like teenage girls, end quote. R. Kelly responded, when you say teenage, how old are we talking? Now, that segment was shown in the series Surviving R. Kelly. Now, that was after the 2008 trial where he was acquitted of charges of child pornography. But it's important to understand, the reason why he was acquitted and uh, a jury foreman was interviewed in an article from Washington Post. We talked about that in the, uh, I think, the February 24th show. The jury foreman said it wasn't that we didn't believe it was R. Kelly in the video because R. Kelly's defense was that was his brother in the video. Now notice, in the interview that he just did with Gail King, he didn't say that was his brother in the, in, in the previous tapes. He didn't mention that at all. His attorney is not saying that was his brother in the previous tapes. Okay? And, and, and dealing with the tape from the 2008 uh, uh, case. Okay? Now that, that, that was a different attorney back then. We'll talk about that in the second hour. But notice how the defense from the first trial, that wasn't R. Kelly in the video, that was his brother, that hasn't come up yet. Notice that. Okay, so um, you have uh, 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 this taking place, and then if we, if we uh, go forward, we see that uh, R. Kelly, who has long denied wrongdoing, has settled several sexual and physical abuse lawsuits over the years. His behavior toward women has been scrutinized ever since it was revealed that at age 27 he illegally married his 15-year-old protege, Aaliyah, and her parents later had the union expunged a few months later, okay? Now, a lot of people say, well, why are you going after R. Kelly? Elvis Presley married Priscilla Presley when she was 14. Number one, Elvis died in 1976. Number one. Number two, back when that took place, the world was different, but he still got backlash from the media. Now, his fans were more accepting of it, but he still got backlash from the media. People forget about that. People say, where are the documentaries on Elvis Presley? There have been numerous documentaries on Elvis Presley. Do you know how to use Google? There have been numerous documentaries on Elvis Presley as recently as 2018. One aired on HBO, and Priscilla Presley, his widow, was involved in that one. So then people say, well, what about Jerry Lee Lewis? Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin when she was 13. Jerry Lee Lewis, his career was destroyed because of that. 
Okay? So, and then people say, well, what about the, what about the priest molesting little boys? There have been documentaries on the priest molesting little boys. But when the priests are molesting white boys and white teenage boys, nobody is trying to shift the blame to the parents. Nobody asks where the parents. They know what the priests are doing wrong. But because African-American women, nobody cares when they're sexually abused, they try to shift the blame and blame African-American women for, the, for, for what happens to them. They try to shift the blame to the parents as opposed to putting the blame where it belongs, on the person who's the predator. Okay? I'm not speaking specifically of R. Kelly. I'm speaking in general. This is what's taking place. When, when, see, see when, when white girls are raped, they know what happened to them was wrong. So they don't try to shift the blame to the girl in general because white children are put into a protected class. African-American children don't enjoy that same protection. Okay? African-American children don't join that same protection. Okay? They, 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 are, they are victimized twice. The initial crime, and then they're victimized and blamed for their own, uh, for, for what happens to them. All right? And we have, to, we have to understand how this takes place. Okay, so uh, we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Uh, we're about to be joined by Charles Farrell of the uh, Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. We're running a little bit behind schedule here. Okay, come on in. Yep. All right. So there's a lot of uh, great programming taking place at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Okay. And they have programs uh, almost every weekend. They have programs throughout the week as well. And I was just there yesterday uh, for a fantastic program with a, uh, a wonderful African-American female historian named Dr. Erica Armstrong Dunbar. Now, you've heard me talk about Dr. Erica Armstrong Dunbar here on the show before, okay? Um, she wrote an article... Uh, a few years ago for the New York Times called uh, George Washington Slave Catcher, uh, dealing with um, George Washington, that we know is a white supremacist racist president. He was a president of the United States, but he was a slave owner also, a brutal slave owner, uh, for that matter. Um, and she also wrote a book called Never Caught, Never Caught, which talks about Ona Judge, who was a 22-year-old runaway slave from George Washington's plantation in um, Philadelphia, okay? When the, when the capital was in Philadelphia, because the first capital wasn't in Washington, D.C., it was in Philadelphia. So uh, Dr. Erica Armstrong Dunbar was there yesterday, all right? So we're joined by Charles Farrell, Vice President of Programming for the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. How are you doing tonight, brother? Uh, very good, Michael. Thank you again for the opportunity. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. We're running a few minutes behind schedule. It's a busy, busy Sunday, and we're celebrating our ninth year anniversary <laughs> of broadcasting the African History Network show also. Okay, so... We know that you all had a fantastic February for African American History Month. I was at some of the programming. We know March is Women's History Month also. So what do you all have in store for us for the month of March? Well, March is, uh, as you mentioned, a, a very important month, as all months are at the Charles Wright Museum. We have uh, really started uh, the program of March uh, with a program uh, focused on women Water Warriors, where we awarded uh, five awards to uh, Dr. Mona uh, Hanna-Tisha, who caught up the Flint crisis, along with uh, Mary Kramer, right. uh, Alice Jennings, uh, Monica Patrick-Lewis, mm -hmm. and uh, Sister uh, Niaya from uh, Flint Rising. 
okay. and awarded them. Um, Mike, we have uh, remaining in the month eight uh, powerful programs uh, to continue okay. on Tuesday, March 12th. We have a sister who's created uh, a numerous African-style hats, uh, crowns as we call them. Mm -hmm. uh, her name is Piazza uh, from the east side of Detroit. She uh, will have a program called Piazza Presents Crowns. Uh, so welcome to Piazza Plaza. So we have our stage set up as a, a cafe okay. and, and various uh, models uh, focusing uh, on her creativity of hats. should be a fantastic program. It starts at 6 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Uh, Michael, every two years we partner with the Michigan Opera Theater and Alvin Ailey mm. uh, Dancers. We have an Alvin Ailey Community Dance Workshop. Okay. Again, in partnership with the Michigan Opera Theater Thursday at 6 p.m. in our lower-level multi-purpose room. We're asking people to go online it tends to be a sold-out event in terms of participants, so we have an RSVP link uh, to register for that uh, program. And what's that date? Uh, and again, that's uh, Thursday, March 14th okay. at 6 p.m. Okay. We get back to our, our core work uh, in terms of scholarship. Uh, uh, for those who came out on our King Day program, we had a keynote speaker, Gloria Brown Marshall. Yes, I was there. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Gloria Brown Marshall is a phenomenal orator. Uh, she's coming back to speak about We, should we Took Justice, 400 Years of Perseverance. Uh, that is a sub-theme for SAWA this year, Carter G. Woodson's organization, where they focus on the black migration. Right. They're also focused on our theme, which is 600, uh, 1619 to 2019, mm -hmm. uh, Resisting uh, fighting mass incarceration, our struggle for human rights. Right. Uh, in alignment with that theme, uh, she'll be presenting her topic, We Took Justice, along with uh, a book signing Thursday, March 21st at 6 p.m. Uh, we started to partner uh, with the Walter Rodney Foundation ah. uh, two years ago. We had uh, actually uh, the, one of the leading scholars on Marcus Garvey, Robert Hill, mm -hmm. uh, joined by the wife of Walter Rodney, Patricia Rodney, and uh, Brother uh, Smalls, uh, James Smalls. Professor, one of my teachers, Professor James Small, who, yeah. who people have seen in the Hidden Colors documentaries and in the documentary 1804, the uh, Hidden History of uh, the Haitian Revolution. So, And we're also in the documentary from Director Raheem Shabazz, Elementary Genocide Part 3. So Professor James Small is one of my teachers. So yes, you brought Professor Small into uh, the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Go ahead, brother. Uh, sure. And in addition, we uh, this past year, uh, previous year, we had the honor of having uh, Walter Rodney's daughter joined us with Jesse Benjamin uh, for the release of their new book on uh, the Russian Revolution from a Third World Perspective. Okay. Uh, this year, uh, again, on Walter Rodney's birthday, which is March 23rd, mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Ajamu Jengwaya. Uh, he's co-editor of a book, Why Don't the Poor Rise Up? Mm -hmm. Why Don't the Poor Rise Up? Organizing the 20th First Century Resistance. Uh, again, a book signing with his talk Saturday, March 23rd at 2 p.m. We asked an entire community to come out to support the legacy of Walter Rodney. But those who do not know Walter Rodney, right. he wrote the groundbreaking book, uh, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. Exactly. Uh, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa is one of the best critiques 
of, um, of capitalism and showing the impact of the enslavement process on Africa and its continual legacy. Um, also, A Grounding with My Brothers, an, another classic by Walter Rodney. So we want to continue to celebrate his legacy uh, by partnering with the Walter Rodney Foundation out of Atlanta. A sister, a very strong voice out of the University of Virginia, uh, again, the, the university that was founded by Thomas Jefferson, we have uh, University of Virginia was founded by Thomas Jefferson. That's correct. Because he's from Virginia, and that's where his Monticello plantation is. That's Mont Monticello. That's, that's where correct. it's in, in Virginia, right? Yeah. We, so where, where, he, where he owned approximately 600 enslaved Africans over his life. Uh, that's correct. Right. Um, in fact, um, we have Talitha LaFloria, who has joined us before. Mm -hmm. uh, Talitha is uh, associate professor at the University of Virginia in African American Studies. She's also featured in. Um, a documentary, Slavery by Another Name. Yes. Uh, she wrote the book Chained in Silence, in mm -hmm. which we awarded her the Ida B. War, uh, Wells Award well. mm -hmm. from the Charles Wright Museum. Very strong, powerful sister. She's one of the, a, a group of cohorts of scholars that's traveling around the country looking at how enslavement is being erased from plantations. Interesting. Talk about that. Talk about that. You're saying the history of slavery is being erased from slave plantations that are like historical sites today? Uh, correct. In fact, uh, wow. the topic is called When Slavery is Erased from Plantations. Wow. Uh, people may Google, uh, since you referenced that before, uh, uh, Talitha LaFloria, an article that she wrote uh, the same topic in Atlantic Monthly. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a tendency, as you know, out of uh, Texas in terms of textbooks mm -hmm. to uh, change a uh, revisionist approach on history. And of course, that's when we talk about resistance right. to enslavement. The slavery was not uh, a happy uh, situation. The happy slaves, as yeah. depicted in movies like The Birth of a Nation or Gone with the Wind, 1939. You have this. You have how you have media revising the history to to make us think that the slaves were docile and obedient, and happy, and loved their masters. Well, you know, for example, even at uh, Monticello, until mm -hmm. we had a scholar. Uh, Annette Gordon-Reed's work pushed the topic that there was a relationship between Sally Hemming and Thomas Jefferson. That was denied for uh, 200 years. It's only right. after the 1998 <laughs> DNA testing that admitted, admitted. Right. And then there's uh, a change in the narrative. Right. Um, Annette Gordon-Reed. Now, you've had, you, she's coming to the museum, right? Uh, she is coming uh, to the museum uh, in, in June. Um, I, I do want to, because we'll be coming back on a monthly basis, okay. detailing topics that serve right. about your time. Right. I just want to power through some of the discussions right. so that uh, the listening audience could take notes. And, and what we do, we can, and what we do, we, we can hold you over the break for a few more minutes, so you get more information. So we okay. got two minutes before the break, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. So again, this program very important that we have the community come out is Tuesday, uh, the twenty-sixth at six p.m. Another major scholar in the world is uh, Dr. Ua Yvette Taylor. Okay. Uh, she okay. Is, uh, has written a book, The, the Promise of Patriarchy, mm -hmm. uh, The Women of the Nation of Islam. And yes. She'll be speaking Thursday, March 28th at 6 p.m. And we'll close out uh, with a work on Sally Hemming. Mm, yes. An authentic perspective by foundational leader in African-American history and endowed chair of history at the University of California, uh, Los Angeles, 
Brenda Stevenson. Right. And we come back on break. I'd like to read a couple quotes. And, and, and hold a book up uh, for the from, camera uh, also. Brenda Stevenson. Right. Uh, the book uh, entitled, What is Slavery? Mm -hmm. uh, what is Slavery? Uh, very important book. Yeah, we'll read a couple quotes uh, from that. And uh, Absolutely. I do want to reflect back on a program that we had that really kind of set the foundation uh, for the listening audience is uh, Decolonizing the Mind. Yes. Uh, a packed program that we had. Uh, all the rooms were packed uh, for two days. Wow. With uh, Gugiwa Thiongo. Actually, mm -hmm. he interviewed on uh, a colleague of yours here at 910. Uh, Bankley, uh, yeah, Bankley Thompson. Thompson. He does the Red Line show uh, here on Monday through Friday. Yeah, uh, we he's want on to thank noon. him for that uh, yes. uh, interview, and thank you as well for uh, promoting uh, these great programs at thank the Charles you. H. Wright Museum of African American History right. under our uh, new CEO, uh, Neil Barclay. Neil Barclay, absolutely. And what's important for people to understand, most of these programs are free, but we have to show up to support them. We can't say, oh, that's good, good job, Charles. And then when he has an event, there's only 20 people there. The place should be packed. It's like six, it's over 600,000 people in Detroit, about 668,000, something like that. 80% African American. There should be a line down the street and around the corner, like Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Cardi B were all performing on stage at the same time at the museum for free. So, so we can't just say good job in what you're doing and then don't show up to support it. Go ahead. We have one minute before yeah, the break. So we, we also really, this is the year of membership, and we're asking in our predominantly African-American city where we have roughly 6,800 members or thereabout mm -hmm. for those to join as low as $5 for students, $15 if you're a senior at 62, $35 for basic membership. Right. Uh, so that is a very important uh, a matrix that we're looking to increase dramatically in 2019. Okay, we're coming up on the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Brenda Stevenson and her book, What is Slavery? And she'll be speaking at the Charles H. Wright Museum Saturday, March uh, 30th, 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m., talking about Sally Hemings and a thought authentic perspective. We'll talk some more about this. We'll hold uh, Charles over for a few more minutes, and then also we'll get back to R. Kelly. We'll talk about Jesse Smollett. We'll talk about Paul Manafort. And we'll deal with Muhammad Ali fighting George Frazier. We have a lot more coming up in the Second hour, 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the African History Net Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 2019 is here, and there's no better time to start working on your financial goals. My name is Martisha Patterson, and I am a certified financial planner with over 19 years in the wealth management industry. I am helping people just like you focus on and achieve their goals. If you need help with budgeting, saving for emergencies or retirement, if you want to start investing but don't know where to start, I am here to help. No need to feel alone or frustrated. No one's situation is the same, which is why you need a certified financial planner to develop a unique plan tailored to your specific needs. Contact me today. My phone number is 646-552-4384. Again, 646-552-4384. Or email me at pattersonplan17 at gmail.com. My website is pattersonplan17.com. No more excuses. Now is the time. My name is Martisha Patterson, and I am here to help. Do you have a child with ADHD, autism, or another special need? Would you like to treat your child holistically and avoid pharmaceuticals and stimulants if possible? If so, you need to head over to OurKidsCanThrive.com ourkidscanthrive.com and take the holistic special kids course.
Shava, a mother to four boys, ages 12 to 5, and a daughter who is almost three years old, has dealt with hyperactivity, anxiety, depression, severe anger, sensory processing disorders, chronic fatigue, and more. And now her children are all thriving. Chava is a holistic ADHD coach and has helped many children privately and now. She shared all of the tips, tricks, herbs, foods, and supplements she has used to treat her own children and many others. Head over to OurKidsCanThrive.com and sign up for the course now. This is business, but to my credit life, it's personal. They care about your credit as much as you do. They want you to get the credit you deserve in the shortest amount of time. Not only will they dispute the negative items from your reports, they'll also work with you to build positive credit for future endeavors. They keep it simple in their approach to getting you back on track with their three-step process, review, dispute, and update. They dispute all inconsistent items on your credit report, such as medical bills, evictions, tax liens, judgments, student loans, collections, charge-offs, late payments, bankruptcy, and more. Don't let your dreams just be dreams. Get started today. Call My Credit Life at 331-201-9881, 331-201-9881, and ask for Robin. And also visit their website, MyCreditLife.com, L-Y-F-E, MyCreditLife.com. And visit them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash MyCreditCoach. Looking for technology for your home or business? No problem. From laptops to Chromebooks, Surface tablets, antivirus security software to business phone systems, JCW Computer Consulting LLC has got you covered. Be sure to use the African History Network Custom link for discount and special promotions. JCWCC is a certified minority business enterprise and part of the I Buy Black Network. Visit shop.jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. The Kwame Skate Company strives to responsibly make meaningful product for the black community that not only exemplifies our lifestyle, but enhances the ability to live it. To provide value to our customers and deliver top quality customer service while still having fun and maintaining our values. Our brand platform offers compelling product assortments, meaningful brand experiences, and convenient multi-channel accessibility that reflects our respect and knowledge of both indigenous people and skateboard lifestyle. Our community is committed to growth and development, to understanding and showing the world that Kwame and the indigenous community can do so much more. Visit their website today, KwameSCO.com. KwameSCO.com. Ready to start getting healthy? Well, I'm here to let you know that all natural honey is a great way to start. At Crazy Boy Honey, we offer all-natural honey for the lowest prices. Our honey has no additives or preservatives. Go to crazyboyhoney.com. That's crazyboyhoney.com and see what we have to offer. And remember, shipping is free. 
Welcome back to the African History Network show in our second hour, 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. It's Sunday, March 10, 2019. We're celebrating, celebrating our ninth year anniversary of the African History Network show. We've been here two years on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. We started uh, broadcasting the African History Network show on March 10th. 2010, March 10, 2010. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and we have uh, over 900 audio podcasts of our shows, of our broadcasts, going all the way back to 2010. They're free as well. You can also donate to the African History Network, PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show, PayPal.me. ME forward slash the AHN show or visit our website AfricanHistoryNetwork.com AfricanHistoryNetwork.com and that helps to support the uh, research, helps us to uh, finance the show, uh, pay the bills, etc. And all of my DVD lectures are at our website AfricanHistoryNetwork.com uh, also. Okay, So in the first hour we talked uh, some about R. Kelly's interview on CBS um, this morning with uh, Gail King. We talked about some of the fallout from that. Uh, there's a third uh, videotape that has surfaced uh, today. Uh, we're going to have more coverage then with R. Kelly after this interview with Charles Farrell. Right now we're speaking with Charles Farrell, Vice President of Programming for the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, talking about the fantastic progressive programming that's taking place at the Charles H. Wright Museum continuously, but specifically for the month of March. So right before the break, you were talking about uh, the book, What is Slavery, from Dr. Brenda E. Stevenson, who will be speaking at the Charles H. Wright Museum on Saturday, March 30th. So go ahead, Charles. Well, sure. Uh, we have uh, programming to support or to uh, augment the exhibition, which is opening March 15th. Yes. Uh, slavery at Jefferson's Monticello, mm -hmm. A Paradox of Liberty. Right. And one of the key aspects is, as we, as a first voice, uh, institution, as uh, highlighted by uh, President Neil Barclay, mm -hmm. that we uh, it's about interpretation and how we look at history. So, uh, you know, with the advent of scholars uh, emerging into Black Studies in the '60s, uh, gaining their PhDs, yes. getting yes. into archives, and, and revealing uh, new books, uh, we support and promote literacy reading. Uh, reading uh, to develop a sense of uh, critical analysis. Uh, independent thinking as a foundation for informed activism. Uh, Brenda Stevenson, in her research, uh, wrote, and if I could read this, uh, General George Washington was a Virginia slaveholder mm -hmm. who was acutely aware that large slaveholding colonists in Virginia and South Carolina, in particular, but not exclusively, were opposed to arming their slaves or free blacks with fear that these efforts would lead to widespread slave insurrection. Indeed, many of the leading patriots or so-called founding fathers were slaveholders, large slaveholders. Yes. George Washington and his wife Martha collectively owned more than 200 slaves at the time of the Revolution mm -hmm. and 316 at the time of the nation's first president's death, 17. 99. Washington's slave property ownership began at the age of 10 when he inherited 11 slaves from his father. By the time he was 22, his slave property had increased to 36. George Mason's, Washington's neighbor, whose Declaration of Rights for Virginia became the blueprint for the nation's Bill of Rights, held scores of slaves at his Gunston Hall plantation. Thomas Jefferson, the principal author of the Declaration of Independence owned more than 100 slaves at the time of the Revolution and more than 200 
at his death in 1826, most of whom were sold to pay his debts, although Jefferson went on to draft bills that would have ended slavery in Virginia. Had they been approved by the state's legislature, his famous 1781 essay, Notes on the State of Virginia, first published anonymously in 18 and 1785, clearly documents his distaste for the institution centered on his fear of its negative impact on whites and white society, not on the enslaved. Now, earlier, uh, she stated that Thomas Jefferson's suspicion only that blacks, whether originally a distinct race or made distinct by time and circumstances, are inferior to whites in endowment both of body and mind. And I would ask the listening audience to read the words of Thomas Jefferson in his own writing in the notes of the state of Virginia. Right, well, and, and a lot of people haven't studied Thomas Jefferson. See, this is the problem. You know, you know, you have a lot of people who don't study history, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of race, haven't studied Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was a white supremacist slave owner, and yes, he was a founding father, or as Dr. Francis Cress Wilson correctly called them, the fondling fathers also. And if you ain't familiar with Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, that's part of the problem. This is one of our, one of our greatest scholar warriors who wrote the book, the, uh, the, the ISIS Papers, okay? And I interviewed Dr. Francis Cress Wilson three times. And Dr. Wilson talked about, and her as well as Nellie Fuller, talked about if you do not understand European white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you think that you understand will totally confuse you. And Dr. Wilson talked about how we must understand white supremacy and racism as it manifests itself throughout the nine areas of human activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war, for the purpose of preserving genetic white survival on a planet that's less than 10% European. Now, this is not an attack on Europeans, okay, because we're talking about a human family. This is not an attack on them. This is understanding a system of white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works and how to protect ourselves against it and how to fight against it. But to be able to do that, you must first understand history. You must first understand what happened and how it happened. So this is why Thomas Jefferson must be studied. He, he must be studied and put into the proper context of history. Go ahead. Yeah, so one of the issues or points we're looking at is Sally Hemings' relationship yes. with Thomas Jefferson. And there's a brilliant article that Brenda Stephen had has written in part of a SALA journal. Mm -hmm. Association journal. for the Study of African American Life and History, a absolutely. Which, is, which is the organization that Dr. Carter G. Whitson co-founded September 9, 1915, and that's the governing body of African American History Month, which used to be Black History Month. Okay? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sally Hemings' son, mm -hmm. Madison Hemings, uh, according to Brenda Stevenson, uh, in 1873, spoke of his mother as Jefferson's concubine. Mm -hmm. Any discussion of sexual relations between slaveholders and the slave women should distinguish concubinage as a particular form of sexual slavery, one among many forms of sexual contact experiences across the color line. Right. So, uh, in effect, in this article, Brenda Stevenson challenges the work of Annette Gordon-Reed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to uh, unpack, as the young people would say, uh, the story around Sally Hemming. Right. And one of the best persons to do that is um, an endowed chair of history from UCLA, Brenda Stevenson, who has looked at this work very carefully. And again, uh, we invite everyone to come out 
to have a, a deeper, clearer understanding of this subject. So what? So we're looking at Brenda Stevenson's book. And hold the book up again. What is slavery? Yeah. Okay. And this quote. Now people need to visit the website, therightorg W R I G H T, therightorg Okay. And uh, they have the flyer on the. They have all the events and things like this. The flyer right on the website. Share these on social media, people. We need to pack this place uh, when these when these events take place, especially when this sister comes. Okay. Now, why does uh, Dr. Brenda Stevenson, for those that don't follow history, don't didn't know who she was before this broadcast, why does she challenge the narrative about Sally Hemings told by Annette Gordon-Reed? Because Annette Gordon-Reed is often held up as like the authority on Sally Hemings, from my understanding, right? Well, uh, I mean, oh, at least one uh, of them. She is yeah. uh, a Pulitzer uh, prize-winning author. She won the National Book Award, and mm -hmm. she's a MacArthur genius. Uh, professor of uh, law professor from Harvard and a history professor for Harvard. Um, they, I think, it's important for the audience and for the community to uh, take on broad perspectives and determine for themselves uh, what is uh, the truth. Right. Right. Uh, a historian is basically a detective mm -hmm. who uh, has to research uh, history to uncover facts and then. Uh, uh, almost as an attorney, come forth uh, with the truth. Right, exactly. Um, so what Brenda Stevenson is challenging is that the son of Sally Hemming, mm -hmm. who lived with her, described the relationship as sexual slavery. Okay. However, he does later describe another relationship with a grandmother on the other side as having a relationship with her enslaver as they lived together as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. So he's able to make the distinction. The distinction. Okay. Right. Now this is Brenda's argument. So she would wonder why Annette Gordon-Reed would dismiss primary source information and right. to suggest that it could have been a love relationship. Right. So so what, what what Charles is breaking down is Madison Hemings was there. Right. He he he's not talk. He ain't reading from a book. He ain't watch a documentary. Madison Hemings was the uh, one of the sons of Sally Hemings, correct? Right, so, so he's there. So he's talking about the nature of the relationship. So he would know more about this than anybody else. Than Annette Gordon Reed. Then, okay, then, then, and it's not a, an attack on Annette Gordon Reed. We just, you know, proper documentation ends all conversation. Go ahead. Yeah. So this is really what we uh, hope to do: is to explore uh, history uh, in depth uh, by bringing in world-class scholars on, on the subject Absolutely. Uh, throughout uh, the time of the exhibition, which will run uh, March 15th uh, through June 22nd. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, it's, it's our job to present programming that would speak and educate or help to educate the community around uh, what we would say is the truth. And that's why people come to museums are viewed by 98% of people as educational institutions and where the information provided there is actually uh, regarded at a higher level than university courses, uh, newspapers, uh, first-line uh, personal accounts of history. So that's an obligation that we have, and I think it's consistent with uh, the, the work and vision of our founder, Dr. Charles H. Wright. Right, exactly. And you know, you have you have you have people for and against the. Uh, exhibit dealing with uh, life on the Monticello plantation, uh, uh, dealing with Thomas Jefferson, and, and is really telling the story of slavery on the plantation from the perspective of enslaved uh, enslaved Africans on the plantation. Uh, and you have people for and against, but the, but see, my thing is 
people should, and I'll, I'll be going to the exhibit just like I support a lot of things at the museum, okay? But at the same time, what you're doing, which, it, it, which is so great, is you're bringing in scholars to contextualize what we see in the exhibit to put Thomas Jefferson in the proper historical perspective, good or bad, whatever it is. You know, and this is why this is so important. Um, you know, what, what you're doing in the progressive programming that you have. Go ahead. Yeah, so one of the programs that we started off with is with uh, the great uh, writer, Gugiwa mm -hmm. Thiongo, uh, who has 11 honorary degrees. He's a right. distinguished professor of English and comparative literature at the University of California, Irvine. He's a bad brother, yes. Uh, he was joined on a program by uh, Dr. Gloria House, who mm -hmm. is um, the 2019 eminent uh, Kresge artist. Right. We've had her on the show before. We've had her on this show. about decolonizing the mind. Yes. And I'd like to read a quote Go from, ahead. from that book, that economic and political control can never be complete or effective without mental control. Right. To control a people's culture is to control their tools of self-definition in relationship to others. For colonialism, this involved two aspects of the same process, Michael. Mm -hmm. The destruction or the deliberate undervaluing of a people's culture, their art, dances, religion, history, geography, education, oratory, and literature, and the conscious elevation of the language of the colonizer. The domination of a people's language by languages of the colonizing nation was crucial to the domination of the mental universe of the colonized. That was one book that we did on the first day of February 26. The okay. second day we focused in a workshop on moving the center, how that the European center or view or interpretation is not correct. That you need to have multiple centers. Right. You have to look at history from the standpoint of the African, from the, the Chinese, very similar to the history of the United States by Howard Zinn. Yes. Where uh, each individual, uh, it wasn't told from a Eurocentric focused perspective. Mm -hmm. That uh, allows for a lot of uh, destruction uh, of humanity, that we have to be more broad in our conceptualizations. So that's why we have to take a look at presidents, regardless of the role of that office, Right. To say if they are criminals, right. if they're slaveholders, right. uh, if they, you know, have had uh, uh, relationships which are, uh, you know, we need to uncover and unpack. Right. If, if they're know, assets of Russia, you know, you know Thomas if they, Jefferson did right. not, you know, he wanted to starve Tucson. Mm -hmm. Tucson know, overture. So, and what people have to understand is. The reason why you had the Louisiana Purchase of 1803 is because the Haitians beat the hell out of the French. Well, well Haiti was generating more wealth mm -hmm. than all the 13 colonies combined. Right. The average lifespan of the Haitian was four to seven years. Right. Because, so the, the, because the slave plantation was so brutal. Uh, the clerk's uh, brother-in-law, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, near Napoleon, see, that was the largest military power in the world. France. At under, the time. Under Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. And, and his brother-in-law, the clerk, they defeated the French, mm -hmm. the Spanish, and the British. Correct. Right? Right. And uh, the French basically said they were trying to have this Western Empire. Once they lost the, the Golden Age, mm -hmm. Haiti, they sold uh, the rest of the Western United States. In other words, the, the, the United States would not have expanded Correct. if it wasn't for the Haitians. Haitians. 
the feet of a branch. Exactly. So, 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 so people understand this just to contextualize this. The, the Louisiana Purchase that Thomas Jefferson signed in 1803, that doubled the territory of the U.S. at the time. That's correct. They, they, they got 828,000 square miles of land for less than three cents an acre. And what this did was this increased the need for slave labor. This gave them more fertile land to grow crops on, things like this. And, this, and, this, and, and, and because of that, and then also going back to 1793, the invention of the cotton gin, and then copies of the cotton gin, this fueled the slave trade in this country. But when they went now, now, if you go to if you go to history.com, which is the official website of the History Channel, and search for Louisiana Purchase, they have a really good article there that breaks down this history. And what they tell you now, these are white people telling you this. They tell you that the majority of the land that France sold the U.S., France did not even own. It belonged to Native Americans. They tell you this in the article at history.com, which is the official website of the History Channel. So all this, and Thomas Jefferson is right in the center of that. So this is why we must study Jefferson and put him correctly in history with all of his faults, president, slave owner, pedophile, whatever, whatever it is, this is why he must be studied. Go ahead. We have a, uh, and then go ahead and wrap up. Yeah, this. I'll, I'll just say that we have left. some other great programs coming uh, later just mm -hmm. to, to seed ideas related to this topic, such as Celia, mm -hmm. a slave, uh, right. with 1850, 14-year-old uh, uh, sister who was raped at age of 14 and mm -hmm. for five years uh, was raped by Robert Newsom um, and he uh, uh, as a result of that she killed him right and it went to Supreme Court so we actually have the author coming in in April uh, I want to say in addition to these types of programs we have some great concerts coming uh, in April you yes. want to see those with uh, Kamal Kenyatta uh, uh, April uh, 2nd with Dawood, uh, uh, Kamal Dawood, the great poet out of uh, California. And at the end of the month, we have another ticketed event, uh, the Jazz of Poetry with the great Quincy True. Yes. Uh, poet Laureate uh, joined with the James Carter, uh, saxophonist extraordinaire, uh, Will Calhoun, the drummer from Elinden Colors, Ralph Armstrong, the great bassist, uh, Racy Biggs. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a concert April 27th. Tickets will be online. Just want to give an early shout out to that uh, right. April event. Is that the TV show on Living Color or the heavy metal band Living Color? Uh, the, the band Living Color. Okay, Living Color. Yeah, I remember. I still had that CD at home. Came out like 88, 89. There's a black heavy metal band called Living Color. They had a song, Cult of Personality. I still remember. Yeah, okay. yeah. he's one of the baddest drummers uh, on the planet uh, in the spirit of Elvin Jones. Yes. Uh, again, it's a $20 concert. We just had Ola. On Boulay, uh from a British uh, a UK singer and uh, to perform. So, you know, please can visit, continue to visit our website, www.therite.org. Michael, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And also, you know, I want to say uh, welcome to Neil Barclay, the new CEO of the museum. I haven't met him yet, heard some good things about him. He's welcome on the show also. But, uh, you know, I've made a commitment to Charles to bring Charles on once a month so we can support the progressive programming at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. But we also have to show up with our bodies as well. It's not enough to just say, good job, Charles. And then we don't show up to support these events. Thanks again for coming yeah, on, Charles. Thank you okay. very much. Mike. We'll have you back on next month. All right, everybody, uh, stand by. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. We're coming up on a break. When we come back, I'm going to share with you uh, a, a, uh, the, the press conference that 
attorney Michael Avenatti did dealing with uh, R. Kelly. This is from February 25th. 2019. Most people haven't heard this. This is uh, after R. Kelly pled guilty. Then also, we're going to deal with what a body language expert had to say about R. Kelly's interview with Gail King. You don't want to miss that either. We'll also deal with Jesse Smollett, Paul Manafort, and Muhammad Ali. March 8, 1971, Muhammad Ali float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, face George Frazier for the first time. How did it turn out? What did Ali say about the second fight? We know they met three times. What happened in that first fight? You don't want to miss that. 19 a.m. The Superstation of Future Radio, the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. Time goes Hello. by fast when you have a fun. We have so much information. Yes, hey, you, you have to follow us on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network. The uh, radio show's well. Facebook page is down, but we're broadcasting on, uh, well, the page is down, the, the Facebook Live broadcast is down for the radio station right now. But you can I'm watch us on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network. Stacey Summer said Jesse Smollett mm -hmm. injured himself. Emmett Till's accuser, mm -hmm. liar, caused his death, lock her up. Uh, Shamik Hargrove said uh, when they bring up Jerry Lee Lewis' right, marriage to his 13-year-old cousin, then we can listen to their to their bull. Now keep in mind, Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his 13-year-old cousin, that destroyed Jerry Lee Lewis' career, okay? Um, let's see, we've got uh, Janet also listening to us as well. Uh, Facebook, our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. Call in numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. If you have a question or comment, and we'll go to the phone lines in just a minute here, okay? All right. Um, and then we'll go after the phone lines, after we get some of these calls, we'll go back to R. Kelly as well, okay? And then also, uh, follow us on our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, because I did a Facebook Live broadcast and a YouTube video dealing with how R. No. Kelly's previous attorney from, the, from his 2008 child pornography case, how his previous attorney said, quote, he was guilty as hell, end quote. And, this, and his previous attorney, whose name is Ed Genson, who's 77 years old and suffering from terminal cancer, he said that he sent R. Kelly to get libido-killing medication. Libido-killing medication, all right? Now, we're celebrating our ninth year anniversary of broadcasting the African History Network show. We have a special 15 DVD bundle pack uh, to commemorate this. It's uh, 15 of my most recent lectures. Uh, it's on sale $100. And uh, it's available right now at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And we just uh, posted the link here on the thread of the broadcast. But also, um, it's, it's on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com as well. And it includes uh, my presentations dealing with the film Black Panther, a Black Panther analysis, African culture, history, uh, and Afrofuturism, lessons from the film Black Panther, economic guerrilla warfare, political self-defense, and how to account the vote, the racist history of the white national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance. It includes the double presentation I did with Dr. David M. Hotel, who wrote the book The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. Uh, as well. Also, redistributing the pain, how African Americans historically fought back with economic boycotts. Um, human guinea pigs, the history of the Tuskegee experiment of untreated syphilis on the Negro male. Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization, which is uh, the 2017 lecture I did, which is actually a four-hour presentation where I deal with uh, great African women in our history from all different time periods. Uh, the Light of Ancient Egypt Awakens the African Mind to Economic Empowerment. A Black Panther Analysis for Children, African Culture, History, and Afrofuturism, while I was presenting to 60 uh, 5th through 12th graders, breaking down the film Black Panther, showing how it relates to African history and culture. Uh, you also get African American Resistance in the Era of Donald Trump, Voter Suppression, Reparations, and How Elections Have Consequences. This is a fantastic presentation. Uh, so this is a 15-DVD bundle pack. 
and it's uh, regularly $200. It's on sale uh, $100 uh, right now at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Let's go to Sasha, line one. Hey, Sasha, uh, thanks for holding. Welcome to the African History Network show. And tell, All right, tell us where you're calling from. South Florida. Okay, go ahead with your question or comment from South Florida. What's, what's the weather like down there in South Florida? It's absolutely beautiful here in South Florida. All right, I am envious of you, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm calling in response as a black woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm wanting, and I saw your live, and I clicked on your live, and I was highly disappointed. Disappointed about what? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. I realize the people... Even in your announcement, you mentioned something about R. Kelly's ex, um, the previous lawyer. Yeah. That he said R. Kelly was guilty. Ed Ginson, yeah. However, I also saw his current lawyer, who was also good friends with his previous lawyer, mm -hmm. stated that a reporter went to him, his house, to get a report from him, and the lawyer denied him that he ever said that. He said that. The man is riddled with cancer. Yeah. And is highly medicated. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me like people love to push the negative. And they don't, it's, that's all I'm hearing is the negative, the negative. I'm thinking when I sign on to a black network, whatever, right. I hear positive shit. How we as black people can uplift ourselves. We deal with that also. Listen. We deal with that also. We we deal with a, we deal with a number of different topics. Hold on, slow down. I'll let you continue. We deal with a number of different topics. I'm, I'm I'm citing an article. I'm citing an interview that Ed Ginson, 77 years old, did with the Chicago Sun Times, picked up by Page Six, also picked up by TheGrill.com, which is an African American uh, online news publication as well. And that's just that's just one of the that's just one of the topics tonight. We deal with a whole we we've been doing this show for nine years. We've been doing this show for nine years. So we deal with all different types of topics. And I found you guys, so I appreciate it. But how is it the grills and all those other channels right. or social media um, um, platforms, how is it that they never seem to have interviewed or even air the interview of our tennis card lawyer and what he said? No, they cover that too. No, no, they cover all that. No, 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 no. They cover all that. They have they, they, they have segments of interview. Well, slow down. They have segments of interviews with Steve Greenberg, who's it? Stephen Greenberg, who's his current attorney. They have all of that. The Grio, AtlantaBlackStar.com. If you go to their website, they have they have all of that. I'm on their websites every day. They cover all of it. Okay, did they did they cover? Did they put on there the um? You can you can well, one you have a number of different African American websites. The Grio, the, the uh, when was that uh, when was that uh, interview done? Now interview okay. Okay, so that so when we look at the Grio, they will probably have that up there. The Grio covers a number of different stories. Well, slow down. They, they cover. Okay. Okay. So. So if we. Well, the root, the root. Uh, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. The root is not African American owned. The root is owned by Hispanic company. The Grio is owned by Byron Allen. AtlantaBlackStar.com is African American owned. 
News1.com is African-American owned, okay? So if, so if that, okay, so, slow, slow down, slow down, Sasha. If that interview is not there, they will probably have it up in the next day or so, or they'll have some type of article about that if that interview is not there. What is it about that interview that you want everybody to know? Nobody. Who, who said he never paid child support? That's not what people are saying. He was. He was behind. He was. He was behind. Slow down. He was behind one hundred sixty-one thousand dollars in child support. I never read anything saying that he never paid child support. Those are two different things. I'm not talking about from, from the. I'm talking about the comments. You know, I, I read to me it's just nothing but ignorance. Comments where? Co comments. Sa Sasha. 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 Slow down. Stop. Sasha. Slow down. Comments, Sasha, 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 calm down. Comments where? You haven't said where the comments were. I'm talking about comments that people make overall. Okay, so you should, so, 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 okay, so if they made comments saying he never paid child support, that's, that's uninformed because if you read their articles, their articles are not saying he never paid child support. They're saying he was behind $161,000 in child support. Those are two different things. The, art, the, articles are not saying, the articles are not saying he never paid child support. So if people commented on that, that just means they're uninformed. So then you can share articles. Hold on, let me, let me finish this, then we'll go to your next question. Then i got to get some of these other calls because we're running out of time. So if they're uninformed, then just share the proper information with them that he's paid child support in the past. Okay? So go ahead go ahead with your next comment. Why is it we feel the need as black people on a whole mm -hmm. to go on social media and drag and drag it every day that's exactly you is that we are tainted the minds of jurors that's gonna I'm coming up. You don't think that's wrong? People report the news. When news articles come out, they report it. Now, if people are calling him all types of names and things like that, you want to ask those people doing that why they're doing that. We cover, I've been doing radio nine years. We cover a number of different topics. We cover, I monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis. When news articles come out, you know, when information comes out, we deal with, we deal with that. I deal with, I do Facebook Live broadcast throughout the week. Okay, so 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 I deal with positive stories. I deal with some stories that are negative that are news. There's some stories, you know, we have to deal with. Just like Jasmine Barnes being shot and killed, seven years old, and then when people thought it was a white man that killed her, you had all this outrage. Then when we found out an African American man allegedly uh, dealt did the killing, then you saw that outrage dissipate, and now people are not even talking about Jasmine Barnes, even though she still did. So if you go and you listen to the over 900 audio podcasts that we have going back to 2010, you go to my Facebook fan page where we have uh, over 1 million followers, you go to my YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel, where we have over 45,000 followers, you look at the stories, we deal with a number of different things, and we deal with it responsibly as well. Okay, so don't put me in the box with all these other people. I don't have nothing to do with that. Thanks for calling. All right, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. And once again, I will continue to cover R. Kelly regardless of what happens with the trial. I'll continue to cover Jesse Smollett. We continue to cover Colin Kaepernick. We continue to do all this stuff. 
period. We continue to cover the good stories, the bad stories. But at the same time, I noticed she didn't talk about protecting black women from sexual abuse. Notice she didn't even mention that. Because, see, at the, the bottom line is nobody gives a damn when black women are victims of sexual abuse. They'll rather, they'll rather protect an alleged sexual predator than to protect black women from sexual abuse. Notice that didn't even come up in our conversation. But thanks again, Sasha, for your call. Keep listening. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right? And then if you have an issue with thegrio.com, send them a message. You don't have to call me with that. I don't work for the Grio. Send the Grio a message. Write the Grio an email. Go to their go to their social media page. Ask them why they don't do this, why they don't do that. You don't have to ask me about that. I don't work for the Grio. I don't work for News One. I don't work for LandBlackStar.com. Okay. So if you got an issue with that coverage, ask them about that. All right. Three one three seven seven eight seventy six hundred is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right. Um, so let's go back to our Facebook uh, fan page, uh, The African History Network, as well, where we have a number of different stories uh, on our fan page also. Um, I find it interesting that uh, people, there's only certain stories people like to focus on. You know, other stories that we post, people don't like to talk about, don't like to focus on, you know, things like that. I, I remember uh, I interviewed a young brother who is uh, the, the son of um, Dr. Ma'at. Now, Dr. Ma'at created the Meltrek series, and, and, and this brother is the co-founder of the company that created the Meltrek animated series for children. So I interviewed this brother, and on our Facebook fan page, he got very low, he got very low viewership in general compared to our R. Kelly viewership. See, we, see, I do a broadcast about R. Kelly, thousands of people watching, right? I interviewed this brother, who's an 18-year-old entrepreneur and a college student, very low coverage, but then people... Ask, well, you know, so so when we do a really positive story like that, it gets very little coverage. We do a R. Kelly story, it gets a lot of coverage. Half the people saying, why are you covering R. Kelly? Well, it, it's news. <laughs> you don't care about protecting black women? That's the question you should ask yourself. The question you should ask yourself is, why don't we care when black women are victims of sexual abuse? That's the real question. Okay, so... I want to get to this uh, other article. We'll be doing broadcast throughout the week as well because we only have two hours here. Body language expert um, Janine Drive was in driver. Janine Driver was interviewed on CNN uh, March 9th, two thousand nineteen. Okay, um, by uh, Michael Smarkanishi. Uh, 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 and let's go to this clip. I want you to hear what she had to say about the CBS interview that Gail King did with R. Kelly. Singer R. Kelly gave an explosive. Turn it up in here so they can get on Facebook. Yeah, turn my mic off. Come on. What struck me just as much okay. was what he wasn't he back saying, but what his body language was telling us. He gave an explosive interview with CBS's Gail King about being it's charged it's with 10 it's counts it's of criminal sexual abuse against underage teens. By now you know that R&B singer R. Kelly gave an explosive interview with CBS's Gail King about being charged with 10 counts of criminal sexual abuse against underage teens as young as 13. What Kelly said made headlines, but what struck me just as much was what he wasn't saying, but what his body language was telling us. And I wanted to examine it closely, but with an expert. So joining me now is body language expert Janine Driver. She's the president of the Body Language Institute. She has spent 16 years as a DOJ law enforcement officer and now works with lawyers and judges, the ATF, the FBI, the CIA, the DIA, and the International Association of Chiefs of Police. 
Janine, I want to do what I like to say, Zapruder the tape. So let's start with the relatively calm part. I'll roll it, and then we can discuss. Play All right, Michael. Have you ever had sex no. with anyone under the age of 17? No. Never. No. What are you seeing in that, Janine? Uh, what, what any human being watching will see, Michael, which is he's trying his he's trying his hardest to say no, but his body language and his head gesture, I've never seen anything like it this dramatic. So he's starting with a no, and it turns into a yes. And when I speak at corporate keynotes, I make the whole audience of 10,000 people, I go, everyone look at the person next to you and say, are you happy to be here and say no? Or say yes. It, 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 his body language is leaking the truth. Our brain doesn't pause want us to lie, right and it pause comes it right out there. like this. Back on. Okay. Let me explain it. Okay, so when you watch this video, and we'll post a link on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. When you watch, when you watch the video, first R. Kelly is shaking his head no, then he's nodding his head yes. That's what Janine Driver is talking about. She's talking about the body language. So his mind is telling him no, but his body's saying yes. Basically, that's what that's what's happening. Right? <laughs> his mind is telling him no, but his body is saying yes. All right. Let's go back to the clip, Mike. I think in this next one he does the opposite. Let's yeah. play it, and then you can comment. So they're lying on you. That's your explanation. They're lying on you. Absolutely. 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 Janine. What do you see? Absolutely. 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 So we see him shaking his head no here while well, he says absolutely. He says it three times. And even more importantly than shaking his head no here is his tone and pitch begins to go down, down, down. And when someone is being deceptive and they're lying, you'll often hear an increase or a decrease in their pitch, Michael. We saw this with Britney Spears when she told Matt Lauer years ago, my marriage is not in a crisis. She goes, no, it's not in a crisis. Two weeks later, she files for divorce. Boom. This change in tone and pitch 85% of the time when we're lying there's that increase or decrease so we see body language and a change in pitch there were there were times that he doesn't answer the question at all I got mm -hmm. one of those queued up for Janine driver play it so I think the point you're making is and, and correct me if I'm wrong that you have never held anybody against their will that's stupid use your common sense don't forget the blogs forget how you feel about me Hate me if you want to, love me if you want, but just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to, with my crazy past and what I've been through, oh, right now I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement and, and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. I mean, it was, it was a simple yes or no question and he never gets to the answer, correct? Oh my gosh, this is like body language, detecting deception gold. So he does smoke screening here, doesn't answer the question. The best answer here with any question, when a yes or no is involved, the strongest answer is simply a yes or a no. So he does this big smoke screening and just goes crazy. We saw something similar with, uh, remember Gov Governor Sanford? He left the country with his mistress sure. in Argentina. Roger Clemens up in the hill. Trail. Yeah, I'm Roger Clemens up in the hill lying about taking steroids. Had Andy Pennant told me, had I knowingly knew then what I now know now, this talking in riddles, this stalling technique, this smoke screening is indicative of people who are keeping the truth from us. Do you know that when you were on my Sirius XM radio program this week, there was more reaction to something you said about Gail than what you said about R. Kelly? Now, I'm going to play the tape. I don't want to give it away on CNN. 
Talk to me about Gail. Play it. Uh, all right, so Gail right here, uh, look at her toe is going to go up. And when we see our toe go up, this is, see her toe, look at her foot. Um, this is yeah, excitement. I see it. So she knows this is interviewing gold. She's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't have scripted this better. Jussie Smollett couldn't have written a script any better than what's reality here. Her toe goes up. This is excitement. And at one point, we even see her smile and laugh. And she remains completely calm. I give her, listen, if there was an Oscar right now for interviewers, it would definitely go to Gail King. She remains calm. She doesn't flinch one bit. She's excited about what we see here. That toe going up. Okay, so you're what, in a what, date. what about... All right, pause it right there. What about... Yeah, what about... Okay. All right, so that was... Uh, we posted that link uh, on the thread of our broadcast. That's it. So that, that's from uh, CNN's YouTube channel. Body language expert R. Kelly, uh, body language leaking the truth. Uh, that's Janine Driver. That's from March 9, 2019. Okay, so uh, check that out also. All right, and it's a, you can watch it. It's about a 10 minute clip. You can watch it, watch it in its entirety. I don't have time to get through all of it right now. All right, um, back on, and then we're going to get to the story about. Uh, We'll try to squeeze in Jesse Smollett here in just a minute. Um, I'm going to. Um, back last month, I think it was, um, WXYZ.com had a story dealing with uh, R. Kelly, but it's dealing with sexual abuse among African American women. And it's dealing with how um, six out of ten African American women are the victims of sexual abuse. Okay? And see, this is something people don't want to talk about, right? They want to make it, uh, this is bigger than R. Kelly. This is what people have to understand. This is bigger than R. Kelly. I just sent you another clip. This is bigger than R. Kelly. And when African American girls and women are the victims of sexual abuse because of a history of slavery, because of African American women being, uh, their sexuality being a commodity, because of a dehumanization, Nobody cares when they are abused, okay? So WXYZ Channel 7, WXYZ.com Channel 7, uh, had an had a, uh, article, Surviving R. Kelly Sheds Light on Bigger Issue, Black Women Raped at Higher Rates But Report Less, okay? And let me know when you had it queued up. Um, and we talked about this uh, when this story came out in January, but I want to revisit this, okay? So uh, they picked this up from their Cleveland aff affiliate, and uh, they spoke with Teresa Stafford of the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center. Let's go to this clip. New movement that many say is long overdue. Tonight, an attorney for R. Kelly says the singer hasn't seen a recent documentary about him in its entirety, but denies all the allegations it makes against him. The docuseries Surviving R. Kelly on Lifetime revisited old allegations of sexual misconduct involving both women and underage girls. It also brought new allegations to light. All the alleged victims who spoke out for the documentary are women of color. Tonight, News 5's Amanda Van Allen joins us live right now. And Amanda, you've been doing some research and you found out that black women are more likely to be raped than women of other races. Danita, they are, and the numbers are frightening. I spoke with the folks at the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center and they tell me not only are black women and girls raped more than any other group, they also report the abuse way less. 
There's a difference between R. Kelly and Robert. The stories are shocking. Shame on you! Shame on you! Survivor after survivor claim they were sexually assaulted by R&B singer R. Kelly, many of them as teenagers. Maybe they stayed in silence because they didn't feel that they had a way out. Teresa Stafford from the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center watched the three-part series and says the women's stories are all too familiar. We actually see uh, a lot of young ladies who have been, you know, groomed into believing that somebody loves and cares for them, and then that person is actually taking advantage of them and victimizing them and causing harm to them. Stafford says this is especially true within the black community. We have to get into a point in our society where we feel that black girls deserve the treatment and protection of other young girls in our community. Stafford says 60% of black girls are sexually abused by the time they turn 18. That's a number that is extremely higher than any of their other counterparts. She adds only one in 15 black women actually report the abuse. I think we have to get to a point in society that, that we are talking to our young black girls and just the black community as a whole having a conversation that sexual violence exists in the community and that we have a system and organizations ready to respond when these young ladies come forward to disclose. And after the series aired, there was an uptick to calls to rape hotlines nationwide. And the folks at the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center say they also saw a slight increase. And if you need anyone to talk to, their hotlines are open 24-7. That number is 216-619-6192. Live in the Tech Center, Amanda Van Allen, News 5. All right, so that was from WXYZ.com. They picked that up uh, from their Cleveland affiliate. Once again, the name of that uh, article, Surviving R. Kelly Sheds Light on Bigger Issue. Black women raped at higher rates, but report less. See, nobody wants to talk about that. See, no, 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 when African-American women are sexually violated, many people don't care about it. And African-American women and African-American girls don't get to put, be put into a protected class like other people are put into. Like white, like white children are put into, okay? Uh, so once again, the uh, phone number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE, H-O-P-E, or 4673, 1-800-656-4673. You can also uh, access them 24-7 online by visiting online.rain.org, R-A-I-N-N, online.rain.org, R-A-I-N-N, okay? All right, look, we're running out of time here, and um, we'll, we'll go uh, back to the phone lines in just a minute here. Uh, I want to squeeze in another story here. We'll get to Muhammad Ali. Um, the, the link for the uh, interview with uh, Michael Avenatti, we'll post on our Facebook fan page, uh, the African History Network. Uh, we'll post it on the thread here. It's from ABC uh, Chicago. And that's from uh, February 25th. It's on ABC uh, Chicago's Facebook page. I don't have time to get to it now. Um, if we, when we look at uh, Jesse Smollett uh, quickly here, because then I want to get to this Paul Manafort story. And we'll probably talk some about Paul Manafort next week because he is going to be, um, he has another sentencing this Wednesday, okay? Uh, we know that Jesse Smollett was uh, indicted on uh, 16 counts. And um, in Chicago, 16 felony counts, okay? Um, Washington Post has an article uh, dealing with this here. And let's look at this article. Empire actor Jesse Smollett indicted on 16 felony counts, according to multiple reports, okay? So in this case here, we talked about Jesse Smollett here. And over time, more and more people 
uh, thought he wasn't telling the truth. Um, I, I don't know if prison time is called for here. Uh, he made plea. He still maintains his innocence. But a, a Cook County, uh, Illinois grand jury has indicted Empire actor Jesse Smollett on 16 felony counts for allegedly lying about a hate crime attack, according to multiple reports. The indictment uh, returned this past Thursday comes two weeks after prosecutors charged Jesse Smollett with felony disorderly conduct for filing a false police report. Okay, So it wasn't that he just called the police. He also filed a false police report. And then also he allegedly orchestrated the whole incident, planned the whole incident, allegedly, as well. Okay? Um, and then if you go and look at the uh, interview that Robin Roberts did, not Gail King, but Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts and Gail King are two different African-American women. I know the guy on uh, Fox News didn't realize that. But um, th that interview was seen by millions of people. So... Uh, Police Chief Superintendent, Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson did an interview with Robin Roberts uh, a, week, uh, a week or so ago. And he talked about how there was additional evidence that proved Jesse Smollett was allegedly lying, but they haven't released the evidence either. Now, Jesse Smollett, who is African-American and openly gay, he's on the TV show Empire, told Chicago police in late January that he had been attacked by two people who yelled racial and homophobic slurs, hit him, poured a chemical substance on him, and wrapped a rope around his neck. He also said that at least one of the attackers had yelled, quote, this is MAGA country, end quote, referring to Donald Trump's Make America Great Again campaign slogan. Now, the incident attracted a great deal of attention as celebrities and advocacy organizations expressed their support on social media, okay? And Smollett said on uh, Good Morning America in mid-February, that he was forever changed by the incident. But skepticism about Smollett's account grew as police continued to investigate, questioning two persons of interest who turned out to be brothers of Nigerian descent who had previously worked on Fox's TV show Empire. Within days of the Good Morning America interview, police announced the trajectory of the criminal investigation had shifted and that Smollett was being treated as a suspect. Okay, uh, so we know he was arrested February 21st at a court hearing that same day. Prosecutors alleged he had paid the two men, um, uh, the two Nigerian brothers, to help him stage the attack. They said uh, that uh, Abel uh, Oshundaro, who's one of the brothers, uh, and Smollett were close when they worked together on the set of the TV show Empire, where um, Abel was. Uh, a stand-in for a love interest of Smollett's character, Jamal Lyon, and Ola, his brother, was an extra. Now, prosecutors also alleged that Smollett told the brothers what to say and provided them with a $100 bill to cover supplies, including ropes, ski masks, and red hats that resemble the MAGA, uh, the, the, the Make America Great Again hat. Um, these two brothers are on video at the hardware store buying this stuff also, just in case y'all didn't see that. I mean, I've, I've seen the video. So just in case you, you all didn't know that, they're on video buying the stuff. Okay? So read this article here from the Washington Post. I don't have time to get to the rest of it. We're going to try to squeeze this call in here. Uh, Michael from, uh, uh, Michael, line one. Um, we got a minute. Go ahead, Michael. Thanks for calling in to the African History Network Show. Tell people where you're calling from. I'm calling from uh, Robert's right now. But uh, I want you to know that uh, that number that came out in regards to black women being assaulted mm -hmm. is... Um, representative of what Americans are very bad at place in regards to women. Right. I mean, a lot of women, a lot, I mean, I'll tell my buddy of mine, a friend of mine, that he didn't know, realize that a lot of women have been assaulted and abused. 
Right. And, 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 and I wouldn't be surprised if it was higher with black women. But the point is that this is a common problem in this country. There's a lot of sexual assault against women in this country. Right. And that, that carries on into marriages and relationships and everything else. It's just, it, it's crazy. Absolutely. And uh, um, the issue regarding small ass, mm-hmm. the damage that he's going to do black people is, is, is I'm going to tell you because those whites out there who are skeptical about but there's harassment out there, racial issues, and they say, you see that? Right. <laughs> so it, it causes a lot of more damage than just the situation that occurred there. So right. uh, it seems to me that, that uh, the brother who said that they went to the store and bought all this stuff, that it's, 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 it's a cocked store, so it's, it does a whole lot of damage. Absolutely. Uh, I, do, I do believe that R. Kelly is guilty of what he did because so many, so many examples of that uh, series on television was quite uh, revealing in regards to all the women that he was involved with, Kalia, Leo, and Detroit. Right. I mean, Fifteen. Okay, Mike. We ran out of time. Thanks for calling, Mike. Thanks for calling. Keep listening. Okay. All right. So uh, March eighth, uh, nineteen seventy-one. Muhammad Ali met George Foreman. They fought in the ring. Joe, Joe Frazier, I should say. Muhammad Ali fought George Frazier. George Foreman was 1974. On March 8, 1971, I'm thinking of George Frazier because his uh, daughter, uh, Frida, just passed away yesterday, 42 years old. Okay, We posted an article on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, about that. So condolences go out to the George Foreman family. March 8, 1971, Muhammad Ali and Joe uh, Frazier uh, met for the fight of the century at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, and this was uh, Ali's first big fight uh, after being banned from boxing for three and a half years. We know he had a, a tune-up fight uh, before that, one or two fights before this. Uh, it was also Ali's first chance to win back the heavyweight championship, which had been stripped by the WBA World Boxing Association. He lost this fight. Uh, here is a clip from 1971 after that fight. He was on the TV show called Parkinson uh, in, BB, in the BBC, and he's talking about what would happen if he met Joe Frazier again for a second fight. Let's go to this clip. Already. Oh, you like, there's talk of a, a rematch with Frazier, and anybody who saw the first fight, I'm sure, would be, uh, that's what they want to see, because it was a great fight. It was one of the best fights I've ever seen, I think. Are you going to make a prediction about your return? Well, I have a poem. People say, what's going to happen? You meet okay. Joe Frazier again. Here's how the fight's going to sound on the radio for those who can't afford to buy the expensive theater seats. And the fight goes like this. Ding, Ali comes out to meet Frazier, but Frazier starts to retreat. If Frazier goes back an inch farther, he'll wind up in a ringside seat. Ali swings to the left. Ali swings to the right. Look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time. There Ali lowers the boom. Now Ali lands to the right. What a beautiful swing. And the punchless Frazier clean out of the ring. <laughs> Frazier's still rising. But the referee wears a frown. For he can't start counting until Frazier comes back. <laughs> now Frazier disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic. But our radar stations have picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> Who would have thought when they came to the fight that they would have witnessed the launching of a colored satellite? <laughs> gotcha. 
Okay, so that is uh, <laughs> that. That's on YouTube. Check that out. Um, it's a, a Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier poem, and we know um, Frazier and uh, Ali fought two uh, additional times, and uh, Muhammad Ali won both of those. Uh, check out this um, this day in history from History.com, official website of the History Channel. Ali battles Frazier for heavyweight championship. Uh, look at this uh, article from uh, NBC News. We don't have time to get to it. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, dealing with Paul Manafort, and this deals with the um, uh, racism in the criminal justice system. Manafort sentence highlights unequal treatment of poor minority defendants. We'll talk about this next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Ninth anniversary of the African History Network show. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Click on the yellow donate button there. You can donate to the African History Network. Also, PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. Stay, stay tuned for Pastor Mo. Uh, thanks for uh, listening to the African History Network show. 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. Wakanda forever. Right now is correct wrong behavior. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.